more snaps for the starters in the Chiefs' second preseason game, so that's the first thing to look for when they take on the Arizona Cardinals on Friday night. You guessed it, we're talking Chiefs today on Sports KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Thursday, August 19th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Chiefs beat writers Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell join me on today's show. Look for Patrick Mahomes and the revamped offensive line to play into the second quarter, if not the entire first half. A week ago against the 49ers, Mahomes got four snaps, starting offensive line 11. But the players to keep a close eye on might be found deeper on the depth chart. Safety Juan Thornhill looks to bounce back from the tough game. So does rookie tight end Noah Gray, who couldn't come up with a catch against the Niners, and that turned into an interception. We talk about this and more on today's show, so let's get started. So today was the last day of uh, training camp at Missouri Western in St. Joseph, and um, Herbie and and Sam, you both were there. I I wasn't there, and I really missed out on quite an occasion today. It was captured on social media, of course, and that was lunch. And I just wanted to ask both of you guys um, uh, why why the celebratory nature of lunch today? Um, I think a lot of people are wondering that. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and mute myself and let Herbie take the floor here, Blair. <laughs> you know, hey, I'll say this. Props to Missouri Western. Props to the Chiefs for feeding us uh, lunch. You know, I, I told the guys, I was like, you know, I'm going to make a special request. I'm going to make a request on the last day that, you know, pancakes, breakfast, eggs, you know, something, to, something different. And they came through, they came through and it was such a wonderful feeling to share it with the fellow media members. You know, that we had pancakes for lunch. Saw that nice spread, sausage, pancakes, uh, scrambled eggs. Looked like some French toast there. Looked like a great spread. Potatoes. Oh, oh yeah. Pastries. There was no French toast, but but Blair, Herbie wants to thank the organization's responsible a bit. He made a special connection with the, the woman who served our lunch every day, Pam. And uh, was it a love connection? I'm not sure. I think time will tell. Uh, but I think that's what led to the whole media room getting uh, getting breakfast today. Right. And you know what? She celebrated her 71st birthday on August 2nd. So, Pam, if you're watching us or you're listening to us, once again, a happy belated birthday. And you did wonderful things. You're a great American. There, there is no if. She absolutely is listening to, to this podcast. <laughs> well, I think. It's an upside down world when Herbie is more excited about pancakes and sausage than he is about Zarda barbecue, which, uh, which, which is catered every year. Um, and I, I hated missing that day this season. So uh, Herbie, glad you got to fill your face with pancakes and maybe even bring a little home with you. Um, did, how, how many did you put in the styrofoam container? Actually, I did not bring any. I didn't bring anything home except the breakfast pastries and some of the leftover orange juice. <laughs> I had three plates. Come on now. <laughs> Herbie had like a, um, a Johnny Carson like rating system. You know, whenever whenever Johnny liked the comedian, he brought him over to to sit down next to him and actually have a, a sit down segment. Um, Herbie's rating system was: Did he take it home to eat it for dinner as well during training camp? But I think only three meals. The entire training camp did not also make it into a styrofoam container for Herbie's dinner. 
This shows that for the listeners out there, this is supposed to show you how the last day of practice went. <laughs> the 10 10 10 session, and we're talking about pancakes. <laughs> well, the yeah, observations well, during today's practice, Harvey, I think I don't think we filled a quarter of our notebook. So uh, <laughs> this was the most this was the most relevant thing from today's practice. Yeah, I'm kind of more curious about which meals you didn't bring home, Harvey, to uh, to the fort. Uh, <laughs> But uh, we'll maybe save that for, for another show. Hey, so there's two, uh, two preseason games left. Uh, there's one on Friday at Arizona. And what did, what did Andy Reid say about starters, Herbie? What, tell me how often uh, or how long are they going to play? Well, if, if, if he goes by off what he said, they should play at least through the first quarter, maybe into the first half uh, before they give way to the backups. I'm going to think, you know, if he goes like last week, he said they were going to play the first quarter and we saw Patrick Mahomes out there for plays. I would think that he's probably going to play a little bit longer this time, you know, give him a tune up before the third preseason game next Friday at GEH field at Arrowhead stadium, uh, where, you know, you'll probably will see them go into the third quarter, but this one, I would expect him to play a little bit more than a series and a half, you know, maybe two or three series. So it, it, all appearances are the Chiefs are, tr- are are treating this preseason and the three preseason games like preseason games one through three in previous years instead of two through four, because in that fourth game starters didn't play at all, uh, and so uh, in the game against San Francisco on on Saturday that was the game where the reserves needed to show something because that would, they'll probably spend as much time on the field in that game as they will any of the preseason games. Is, is that about right? Yeah, I would agree with that. And also Dave Tobe mentioned that uh, Tuesday during his press conference after the practice where he, he mentioned that some of the guys on the back end of the roster, you know, their playing time is going to diminish here in these next two games. So yeah, you're absolutely correct. So yeah, four snaps for Patrick Mahomes, 11 for the starting offensive line last week. Yeah, I think we should see much more of that against Arizona. And this will be, correct me if I'm wrong, but this will be the first time that Patrick Mahomes will have played an NFL game against his college coach in Cliff Kingsbury. And um, now the Chiefs have played the Cardinals once in the regular season with Mahomes as the starter. Does anybody remember who the Cardinals head coach was for that game? By your silence, I take that as a cannot remember. Was it Bruce? No, there's no way it was Bruce Arians. Uh, no. Nope. But there is a local connection. New Missouri defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes was the head coach of, of the Cardinals for, for that and, and actually played the Chiefs and Mahomes pretty well that day. Um, so what are we going to see from Mahomes in the offense? What, you know, I, th- I thought the offensive line and the starting offensive line in just 11 snaps had, you know, had a good, good game and, and good performance. I, who knows how they graded, but uh, Mahomes, not much. He didn't get hurt, but he was only in there for four snaps, co- completed one of two passes, one to Kelsey, a safe pass. Sam, what, um, what do you want to see from Mahomes and, and the offense? You know, it's it's Mahomes answered that question before the first preseason game, and I thought it was a really cliche answer that he just wanted to communicate well and get in and out of the huddle, and you know, get the play calls off on time and get the uh, the protections called out correctly, and everybody following those directions. Um, but as cliche as it is, with the new offensive line, that's probably the stuff that this team actually does want to get most out of the game. 
Um, but one more thing, and, and I wrote about it this week, is that, you know, it's it's beyond the, the protections of who has what assignment. It's where his tackles um, set in the set him up in the pocket. Uh, the most benefit out of these preseason games is particularly offensively is Orlando Brown and Lucas Niang are still are still getting used to, to protect him for Patrick Mahomes. It's a different quarterback than what they played for before, um, particularly and Orlando Brown, who protected for Lamar Jackson. And he's got to get used to where Patrick Mahomes likes to sit in the pocket and therefore where he should be blocking his guys. Um, so that's what I think is, is the, the primary objective for this team throughout the entire course of the, the preseason here. And we're getting kind of reinforced ideas almost every day that Lucas Niang is going to be the starting tackle, uh, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. all the indications are. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's getting all the snaps with the ones right now. Yeah, so, 10 um, straight practices. 10 straight practices. Yeah. And part of that was because Mike Rimmers was injured. Uh, but Mike Rimmers is back now, and he's rotating. We've actually seen him rotate a lot at left tackle with the twos. Um, so I think they're preparing him probably to be a swing guy. You know, if the left or right tackle go down, I think Mike Rimmers is probably the first guy up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, three we're, – we're talking – you know, Lucas Niang does qualify as a rookie this year because he didn't play a snap last year. Um, the Chiefs had that uh, option to classify him as a second year or as a rookie, and they're classifying him as a rookie. So, as much as work as they did before the draft, we're still talking about the potential of three rookies starting on the offensive line. Yeah, and look, as, as, as good as they looked uh, on Saturday at, at San Francisco, that's still a, kind of a scary proposition to start three rookies on the line. Um, I, we'll see what happens when they, when they take on a, a Cleveland Browns team. And if, if this is the case, if they take on a Cleveland Browns team in the opener that with Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney and just a, a really solid across the, uh, across the line. So, um, Let's see. The, the um, um, on, on the defensive side, it looked like uh, Ben Neiman still taking first team snaps. Herbie with um, along with uh, uh, and, and Hitchens and, and and Willie Gay. Yeah, and that's really, that's the way they ended camp today. But Nick Bolton did rotate in there. Um, you know, Neiman, Hitchens, and and Gay give you somewhat the experience factor, even though we know Gay. You know, this is just his second year, but I think they're comfortable enough with, with Neiman. Uh, Bolton is still coming along, and then you know, I don't know if he's going to start immediately, but, you know, when they ran out there with their first-team drills um, with these 10-10-10 sessions, it was Neiman, Hitchens, and Gay. But, you know, at some point, it's not going to surprise at all if Bolton does supplant Neiman eventually in that starting lineup. You know, one of those guys I think is is the the guy that if I was a Chiefs fan, I'd be most excited to see this year, um, and especially in preseason, which is Willie Gay. I, I think he's made the biggest leap of any player on the team, and it's simply because he knows where his assignment is. He's able to play sort of without thinking because he's able to play with his instincts, he's able to play fast, and that's something that we just didn't see from Willie Gay last year because he didn't completely understand every play he was supposed to be. It caused him to be hesitant. Um, so Willie Gay should play, I think, on Friday in Arizona. He didn't play last week because he was still coming out of the concussion protocol. He's through that, says he feels great. He's been out of practice for a few days now, practicing in full. Um, so that, that's one guy for sure that I'm keeping my eye on for Friday is what kind of game he has. 
Yeah, he played uh, throughout the regular season last year, but Friday night will be his first preseason game in a Chiefs uniform. Yeah, and it'll actually be his first game since, um, you know, he got injured in the playoffs. So it'll be his first game in a long time. I mean, it's, it's going to be about eight months for him since he's actually played played a football game. But you're right. I mean, that goes with the whole storyline, Blair, is the fact that he didn't have preseason games to, to sort of work out these kinks. He didn't have OTAs to learn the scheme. So all of that coupled together um, led to a lot of questions that we all received about why isn't Willie Gay on the field more? Because it wasn't about the talent or the speed or that sort of thing. It was just about being in the right spot at the right time. Okay, let's take a break. There's a couple other topics I want to get to. So we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we're back with Sam McDowell and Herbie Teope. We're talking Chiefs. And, of course, one of the, the storylines of this training camp has been the Tyron Matthew contract extension. We thought it might have gotten done before training camp and or maybe into training camp. It hasn't been done yet. But So what's the speculation on why the Tyron Matthew contract has – there hasn't been a contract extension, Sam? Yeah, I think, you know, we, we've talked about on this show, Herbie and I both predicted that it would be done before this date, basically, before they broke training camp. Um, and it, it hasn't been simply, you know, the reason I th- we both predicted, I should say, is because the player really wants to be back here for the long haul. The team really wants the player back here for the long haul, even though, yes, this will be his age 29 season. He'll be 30 when a ne- another contract starts. Um, but it hasn't because of the, the timing. And there's a lot of factors at play there, primarily the salary cap. We're talking about a salary cap that's taken a hit um, because of the, the aftermath and the revenue lack thereof of, from COVID of a pandemic season without, uh, you know, full stadiums. Um, and so they're dealing with that. They've got four players that are already above a $20 million budget charge for the 2022 season. And I think adding a fifth big number right now is, is troublesome for them. So they have to figure out how those other numbers end up fitting before they put Tyron Matthews' number on their books. And I still think he's, he's a player that will be here for the long haul. But the Chiefs want to see exactly how their books look before they structure a Tyron Matthew contract. Yeah, look, um, the Chiefs can't say anything publicly or, or they can say very little publicly about this, except, you know, what, what Brett Beach has said previously and that, you know, the Chiefs want Tyron Matthew in, you know, in, in a red and gold uniform for a while. It has nothing to do with his age. He, this is his age 29 season. He'll be 30 next year. So I, I guess the thing that, you know, that the fans kind of latch on to are the Tyron Matthew tweets. And I, I don't know if there's been anything kind of cryptic lately from his account, but sometimes he'll, you know, he'll tweet something that makes you believe that he maybe feels a little disrespected. And uh, I, like I said, I haven't seen anything like that recently, but, uh, uh, but, you know, you know and, and maybe, maybe we're not going to see anything else from him. And, and, and if that's the case, then I think we know that, um, that, that, look, he understands the situation. 
Yeah, I mean, I've been told it by a, a, a few different people that Tyron Matthew has been really great about the way he's handled this because he does want a new contract and he's he's deserved one. Um, you know, Wilson turned 30 in, in May before the next contract kicks in. And I think that's a dangerous age for a football player to be talking about a multi-year contract from a team standpoint. Um, but he probably plays the one position outside of quarterback that I would not be concerned about his age. Um, you know, we've, we've seen older guys, I mean, play at that position. We saw Charles Woodson play, I think, I think through his age 39 season. Um, a guy that Tyron Matthew, you know, uncoincidentally talks a lot about looking up, up to in his career. Um, so I, I, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily be concerned about giving Tyron Matthew, you know, a, th- a three year especially, but probably not even a fourth year as long as that was a year that I could wiggle out of if I needed to. You know, I also like the fact that the Chiefs use him in a, in a way that basically a lot of line up where he wants to use his football acumen to, you know, to to line up and, and to direct traffic. Uh, you know, he is um, he's incredibly valuable to this team. And, and the, I, the Chiefs, you, you mentioned it, Sam, we've talked about it so often. I think in the in the end, um, the Chiefs are going to take care of Tyron Matthew and he'll be a chief for the foreseeable future. You know, what are the other storylines that came out of the Saturday game and, and the, uh, the aftermath of the Saturday game was Juan Thornhill. And uh, so he gets, we get to the first practice after the, you know, after the game in Frisco and Thornhill's running with the threes, former starter, great rookie season, you know, hurt last year, but gosh, what um, uh, he, he seemed a little, uh, a little confused by that. What do you what do you think, Herbie? What was what was the deal with what did what did Juan Thornhill say about it, and why was he running with the threes? Well, I, I, it's more or less we didn't get Juan Thornhill um, this week, but you know I did ask Andy Reid what's going on with that, and of course he's like, ah, I wouldn't read too much into that. You know they're mixing him in there, and that is true; they are mixing him in. Uh, but you know when you see him running with the third string guys, you're like, you like you kind of you can't help but your eyes kind of pop open a little. We do know. He dealt with a groin injury last week. And I asked Reed when I, when I posed a question to him, how much of that is an indication he's, he's still dealing with some kind of setback or what, whatever. And he says, no, it's, you know, he's working it in. And then uh, if we didn't, they need to pull back, they'll pull back. Uh, this is something that they did during OTAs. You know, he, he didn't practice at all during OTAs. He was trying to get his knee right. Uh, and then the start of training camp, he was one of the few players, the select players, they call them, to show up early with the quarterbacks and rookies so they can get their legs under them. Uh, maybe, I would think that that's probably what's going on right now. You know, when you look at the last two days of practice, including today, he was rotating out there with the ones and the twos. Uh, so I think this is just a matter of them, you know, getting his legs back under him where he's comfortable and the Chiefs are comfortable. I think it tells a bigger story, which is that Juan Thornhill was a, 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 a starter two years ago, submitted in that spot as a as a rookie. Um, last year, we saw him pulled out of the lineup about midway through the year, and Andy Reid at one point actually called him a situational player. Um, I thought that, you know, like Herbie mentioned, the fact that he was he he was a year removed now from that ACL injury, that we would see him just slide back into that starting role. And based on what Herbie and I have seen in the first three weeks of training camp, that's not going to be the case, you know, and I, I thought Juan Thornhill struggled in San Francisco when you rewatch that game, you know, he had a, a few bad snaps. I think we talked about one with where Devin Key basically saved the day from a, a play being about a 90 yard touchdown that Juan Thornhill slipped and got beat on because his footwork 
wasn't great in coverage. Um, and it, I, I don't think it's coincidence that we saw him rotating with the threes um, the, the very next practice. So I, I do think it's some sort of demotion, even though the Chiefs don't want to classify it as such. doesn't mean Juan Thornhill can't work his way back in. Um, but I, I don't think that they were pleased with the way that he, that he played in that preseason opener. Tell you, he, he could not have had a better rookie season. With Especially the, the back half player. I mean, the, that last yeah. half of the season, I mean, he was one of their more reliable guys as, as just a rookie. And um, the, the matchup with Tyron Matthews is what gets me because Daniel Sorensen, I think, plays too similarly for Tyron as Tyron Matthew. And Juan Thornhill played that free safety position, the, the guy that, that was the, the back end of your defense that allowed Tyron Matthew to do the things you talked about earlier, Blair, as far as the lineup in different spots. So I think they really need Juan Thornhill to be Juan Thornhill. I think that's going to be an important development for the Chiefs defense. Okay, you mentioned uh, Devin Key bailing out Juan Thornhill uh, in, in the, on the one play against the 49ers. Key was also burned on the, on the long touchdown pass. By, by Trey Land. So um, who, who needs to come up big uh, here? And uh, with, who do you want to see, especially among, you know, younger players have a, have, have a good game and to, to show up a little bit. Sam, let's start with you. Well, I think he's a great one. I'm, I'm, I'll do one. Uh, I think was been demoted and, and I'll let Herbie correct me if he disagrees, but I think key was demoted in this week after the first preseason game, we saw him rotating pretty much exclusively with the twos before that game. And now we're seeing him with the threes mostly. Um, so I think it's a huge game for, for him. He can do all he wants in training camp, but it's got to translate to a game. Um, offensively, I, I think Noah Gray, you know, the only time he was targeted, the ball was intercepted. And yeah, the pass was behind him, but it was a ball that could have been caught, um, at least could not have been, should not have been an interception the way it bounced off of him. And, you know, Gray's an interesting case because I thought he was fantastic in the first three or four days of training camp to where I thought he was going to be a pretty consistent factor in this offense. And that has sort of um, evaporated over the past couple of weeks. So I, I think Noah Gray needs to have a big game as well. And when I say needs, I don't mean to, to make this team. I think Noah Gray is going to make the team. Um, but I, I think it's important for him, if he wants to be as involved in this offense as it initially appeared he was going to be, that, that he needs to have a big day. I'll agree on P. And, you know, to Sam's point, I do agree that it looks like he has uh, slipped uh, with his repetition, as far as repetitions are concerned, because before the preseason game and even the, near the start of training camp, I remember he caught all our attention because it wasn't the twos. He was out there with the ones. And I was like, whoa. And, you, and then next thing you know, he was working with the ones and the twos. But now, as Sam pointed out, these last three practices, it's, it's mostly been with the threes. And that's, that's a clear sign that, you know, that big play where he gave up, it was, it was bad coverage on this point when you're playing cover two and, and then you're going inside leverage, you can't let that receiver get outside. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, so it's, it's a learning point for the rookie, uh, but on defense, I want to see, we just talked about it. I want to see Juan Thornhill rebound here. You know, this is your opportunity now to, you know, to at least prove that I am 100% healthy and you can rely on me for the season. Uh, on offense, I'm going to stay with the tight end group. And, Sam, go ahead and grin. You know who I'm going to pick. Mr. One-handed catch from last week. Jody Fortson, have another big game and make that decision hard on the coaching staff. Yeah, look, if um, Fortson could could make it a tough decision, right, if they, they decide to Absolutely. basically keep four tight ends. Absolutely. Because I, I do think that, you know, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, because of Noah Gray's a draft pick, right, and Jody Fortson's had a fantastic camp, you know, 
should Blake Bell be a guy that should be concerned about his roster spot? And I still think Blake Bell brings just such a different element than they have at any other um, human being in their tight end room. I mean, he's one of the very best blocking tight ends in all of the NFL. That's his role on this team. Um, so we're not we're not talking about him a lot in camp because he's not a guy that's going to catch the football a lot. He's going to he's a guy that's supposed to be in you know Herbie's favorite twelve personnel out there. Um, so if Fortson makes a team, I do think it's it's going to be he's going to force them to keep four tight ends, which we saw them do last year. It's not unheard of. They could potentially do that, and um, I, I think you know it could be at the expense of maybe a sixth or seventh receiver. I don't know, but um, I I think that Fortson does have a, a pretty good shot to force their hand into something maybe they weren't expecting going into camp. The Sands point about Blake Bell's blocking, and you see it when they're in pads and they're out there doing pass protection drills. It's not even close. He is hands down the best blocking tight end on the team. Uh, so that that's his role. He, he's the blocker. I'll add to the list uh, Cordell Powell, the, the wide receiver. He had a couple of recept- receptions uh, against the 49ers, but just, you know, I think it's a battle for that number six wide receiver spot. I, look, he's a rookie and they're not going to give up on him, but it's, I, I, you just want to see more from him. Absolutely. You know, I, I guess, Blair, I'm going to ask you then, you, you're penciling, I guess, probably Marcus Kemp then at, at five. Because of his special teams ability, yeah. Sure, yeah. I mean, Dave Tope has told us that Marcus Kemp is, is his favorite gunner. Yeah. So um, he likes people there as well. Um, but I, I think that Kemp, you know, Herbie probably agrees, is, is probably their wide receiver five right now. Um, of the competition, he, he leads that, but – I think Herbie, correct me if I'm wrong. I think they kept six receivers and four tight ends last year. And I have sort of thought all of camp, what if, yeah. you know, because that's a lot. What if instead of keeping six and four, that's a combined 10, you keep a combined nine, but Fortson's one of those guys. And if Fortson is one of those guys, he can play receiver and tight end. He played wide receiver for the last couple of years in training. That's camp. a good point. But, you know, the thing the thing that would probably uh, concern me is Fortson packed on 20 pounds. So, you know, he's, he's, he's up there. He's, that's a big wide receiver at 250 pounds. And you got to be worried if you packed on that much weight, how much speed have you lost? But that's that's an intriguing option. You know, you, you could have a hybrid kind of guy in, in Jody Fortson to play both roles if needed. Well, especially if um, uh, if the Chiefs end up keeping, you know, if the running back situation is such where they keep, um, you know, the fullback plus three running backs. And then, you know, then you wonder about Darwin Thompson's future on on this team is he you know does he go to the practice squad or um so anyway there are some there's some numbers to consider here they went from uh, the roster size 90 to 85 after the 49ers game herbie what does it go to after this game it'll go to 80 so it'll drop from 85 to 80 on tuesday and then that's the week before they have to establish the initial 53 so for the guys who are like really on the bubble you know they're going to have to show out on Friday night uh, against the Cardinals if, if they don't want to get that pink slip or get the phone call, hey, bring your playbook. Okay. okay. Hey, great conversation, guys. I really appreciate it. And we'll do it again after, sometime, after the Chiefs-Cardinals game on, on Friday. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff with Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell for Talking Chiefs. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we have another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for $0.99 cents a month. 
That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus additional stories that appear only on the website, and of course they're posted first on KansasCity.com. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. And it's a great time to subscribe. Read about what's going on with the Chiefs, the Royals, the colleges, our soccer teams, and more. How do you get it? You go to KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. That is KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. You want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports features, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And I know that's a lot of dots and dashes. So if you're having trouble hunting down any of those offers, you send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I will get you to the right place. So whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, You're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Friday with another episode.